Lester Reviews Podcast. A bit dramatic. Uh, echo off, please. Welcome. I'm the Western Wonder, and boy, are we in for a movie today. It's quite interesting that both movies I'm reviewing this week, the other being Spongebob, Sponge on the Run, which is also out now, have been getting mixed reception for critics and audiences aside, but I'll be my own judge on whether this episode's movie is worth the watch. What movie is that, you say? Well, if you didn't pay close attention to the title, I mean, it's obviously Coming to America, the sequel to the classic 80s rom-com starring what would become quite a few heavyweight veteran actors. Before the review, I must do two royal decrees. <laughs> royal decrees? <laughs> Get it? Because the, the, the royals from... Yeah, anyways, if you want to stay tuned for upcoming reviews and non-review content, please don't hesitate to follow my social media pages. On Twitter, you can follow me at reviews underscore western, and on my Instagram, you can follow me at Western Reviews Official. All kinds of updates and other bits are located there. Now that those quick mentions are out of the way, let's take a listen to the trailer of the movie, and I'll be back with the review. Just discovered that I may have a son here in this land. How much child support is she getting from? The king pays no child support. No child support for 30 years and you came back? You was a dummy! <laughs> Hello, I am Hakim Jaffer, king of Zamunda. You are the heir to the throne. Yeah, my son. He's supposed to be like the prince of Wakanda. Wakanda is a fictional place. Not to everybody. Zamunda is a very real nation. I don't need no handout. Wait a minute. All right, I'm gonna pay. Okay, baby. <laughs> Presenting King Akeem's son from America. And my mom's. And his mom's. Children, this is your brother. Hey, Quang. I'm sorry I slept with your man. This happened before we even met. It's not like you're the first man I've ever been with. I haven't, did, what did you just say about the other man? Coming to America, now it's coming to me. I always thought that Mika was going to be queen. <laughs> A woman isn't allowed to rule Zamunda. It's the law. Did it ever occur to you that Mika wanted to be your heir? Would you dare banish me from my own bedroom? Now, here's a rundown on the plot just in case you didn't get everything from the trailer. Prince Akeem, played by Eddie Murphy, is set to take over his father Mufasa's throne as a king after he dies. However, an issue arises when Akeem's father addresses the fact that he doesn't have a son. Until it's revealed that pesky sidekick Semi, played by Arsenio Hall, pulled some strings while the two cruised queens over 30 years ago. And it turns out that he does have a son named Laville, played by Jermaine Fowler, whose mother Mary, played by Leslie Jones, made sure Akeem didn't have any memories of their hookup. This problem could have easily been pushed aside had Zamunda had better laws regarding female successors not being able to take top spot but the males can. Which obviously frustrates Queen Lisa, played by Shari Hedley, as well as the prince and queen's eldest daughter Mika, played by Kiki Lane. In comes the conflict with General Izzy, played by Wesley Snipes, neighboring leader of Nexdoria, pushes the ordeal of having his son marry Akeem's daughter. You should know what happens from here. Akeem and Simi return to Queens after all those years to see that things have changed. 
Uh, well, most things. And it understandably takes a bit of time to convince Lavelle to join him in Zamuna to become a prince. What does it take for him and his mother to crack? Well, from there, Lavelle must tackle some training to become a king while Akeem's family and locals adjust to the change of power in their nation. Now for my thoughts on the movie. It was definitely worth the laughs. As for the story, I can see the pushback for the film having to heavily rely on the predecessor for most of his gags since there was a lot of nostalgia tripping present. There's a lot of callbacks that were properly explained and there were some not properly explained, so you had to have watched the first movie. Otherwise, you'd be lost in the sauce. It's pretty much the first with some twists and turns, which can understandably turn off some people. But for the modern times, it works as its own thing. Then there's the scenery. Zamunda is beautiful as always, but I don't know if I was the only person viewing this who thought that some of the folks from Wakanda were going to step in and say, we let them borrow our land, not regross. The setting is beautiful, down from the landscapes to the peaceful animals, one of them having a major role in a lengthy scene during Lavelle's training. The costume design is terrific, once again having another Black Panther shoe in reference as both films share the same costume designer, Ruth E. Carter, who won the Best Costume Designer Oscar for Black Panther two years ago. Some of the best costumes in particular are definitely lent over to the female characters in the movie, and they rock out some pretty cool fashion. On to the casting. Spoilers ahead on some names I'll be mentioning, so if you want no parts of that, skip on over to the end of the review. Starting off with Eddie Murphy in Arsenio Hall. The movie kinda pulls a kangaroo jack of sorts. Have promotion and trailers of a supposed lead character be all about his lead, but in the actual movie the lead is kinda brushed off to the side and only utilized for the bigger plot points. You can kind of use that example in this movie as Akeem and Simi are more into the background as there's a bigger ensemble to play off of this time go around. Their additional characters, particularly the Barbers, who are one of my favorite bits of the movie, also add some comedic flair when they're needed. Also, who would have thought those Barbers would still be alive all those years later? They've got to all be only a few years older than Betty White. And how about that Randy Watson? That boy can still sing. Not sing, sang. Also, the makeup on Murphy and Hall's additional characters, including the latter's brand new fourth character, a bumbling witch doctor who's in and out of the story as well, looks just as eye-catching as the first. Then there's the ensemble cast, both old and new. The old players, from John Amos to James Earl Jones, do their best to add their parts to the story. However, I do feel like Hetley's queen character was pushed over to the side as well, so not too much development was unfortunately added to her character, but she still was good to see nonetheless. The new players, working with only so much time on their hands also adds more to the movie's modern feeling. Jermaine Fowler as the down and out but soul searching brother from Queens who was to New York for Zamunda's liking at first can be relatable for some who may have experienced issues with being accepted into a certain group of society. Not to get deep here. But he was funny and you could feel his character's problems just as much as you can with Kiki Lane's Mika character. Speaking of, 
Lane was another delight in this movie as the fearless, strong eldest daughter and always knew how to take charge of what's right. Leslie Jones was hilarious as the mother of the prince who of course has to work away to friendliness with the queen. Her costumes were terrific in this film just as much as the other female characters and I hope for her sake that she was at least able to take one dress home with her. Maybe, may maybe not. Nazamo Mbada? Mubada. I hope I pronounced that name right, forgive me if I didn't, also played a terrific love interest in the movie who wasn't too harsh on Lavelle upon his arrival. Hopefully she'll break out and be in bigger movies soon. Pandemic be willing, by the way. Tracy Morgan as Lavelle's Uncle Reem was also good for his time, even if there wasn't much to work with his character, either. Somebody I would have liked to see in the uncle role had they still be alive nowadays is Bernie Mac. And this is no offense to Tracy Morgan, but the uncle persona would have fit Mac like a glove. Anyways, the one actor who definitely steals the show, the scenery and the money residuals, is none other than Mr. Wesley Snipes. I mean a terrific performer who has countlessly proven himself to be top notch. His general Izzy character is snarky yet humorous, and his walk reminds me of a giddy Nino Brown who just cleared a check. Or a head. There's quite a few cameos in there as well, especially in the King Mufasa Joffre funeral sequence. From Morgan Freeman, who's presiding all these things, kinda like a master of ceremonies of sorts, who introduces performances from Salt and Peppa in Vogue and Gladys Knight. There's Rick Ross in the background looking for pears, and as I mentioned earlier, I'm sure he had a part because the film was largely shot in a spacious Atlanta home. I guess that recent Eddie Murphy joke he did as Mr. Robinson from SNL comes full circle. <laughs> it's like a magic trick. White people pay a lot of money and then poof, all the black people are gone. <laughs> but where do they go, boys and girls? Back to where they come from, of course. Atlanta. <laughs> There's beautiful Tiana Taylor feeling devoid of the whatever you like gag from the first who also has some beautiful costumes. Plus, there's plenty of familiar faces from Africa as well in the acting and music biz. It's pretty much a cast extravaganza. So, for my overall verdict, not too shabby of a movie, in numbers, an 8 out of a 10. Did this movie top the original in any way, shape, or form? Absolutely not, say it again but it has a nice modern spin on modern times that shouldn't offend too many audiences. Well, except for those who actually saw the movie in their younger days who might say that this might ruin their childhood, which I understand, and a few concerned African citizens who are hoping that the movie isn't depicting them as all over the place in the crazy scale, which is also understandable. Lively scenery, lovely dresses, and a big ensemble cast drive this movie to overall make it be a family reunion. Hey, who we introducing? Who we introducing? It's a king and his fam that don't look fancy with their glam. I'm the Western Wonder, and I hope you enjoyed this.
Oh no, man, this dude's gonna kill us, man. Jeff, what on heaven's earth did you bring back from your African trip? Oh, nothing but a lovely surprise for you. Oh, what's the surprise? A chaotic, ransacked building? No, no, some animals. I'm thinking if we start Jeff. our own animal show, we can make some big dough. Jeff. You see, I brought back an elephant, giraffe, I'm snakes, really lions, tigers, now. bears, oh my. Okay, okay, that's great and all, but did you legally pay for all these animals? Oh, sure did. And if I didn't, shouldn't that be a mirror on how you pay your employees? Ignoring that question, I have another of my own. Do you have proper training? I mean, these animals are running around here like they pay the bills to keep the light on. Well, I mean... In other words, you don't know how to keep these animals in control. Ugh, just what I need. Animals that need proper training in the building that I can't get out with any help. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Well, if it makes you feel any better... I found some potential queen to bees for you. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, what? Are you sure you didn't go to an African country that somewhat resembles Zamunda? No, man. And they're ready when you're ready for the picking. Huh. Well, on that note, I'm out of here. I'm going to go find my queen to be. Bye, everybody. She's your queen to be. <laughs> wait, uh, one more thing. Why did John Legend, a.k.a. Arthur the Aardvark, sing Queen to Be during post-credits? That was random. I mean, he's a perfect singer, and the actual guy who sang in the number one was there, so uh, why not him? Oh well, another unsolved mystery. See you on the next review. Peace out for real this time. Your queen.